This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Caroline Gonzalez and Ashley Amos. Hello and welcome into the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. I'm Ashley Amos. And we are so excited to be here on this Friday, though. Ashley, we were talking about it earlier. It doesn't really feel like a Friday with the Pelicans playing on Sunday and the Saints playing on Monday. It feels more like a Thursday. It just doesn't feel the excitement of a Friday. Yeah, I was a little thrown off. I'm not going to lie. There's certain meals we get in the cafeteria that happen on Fridays of a game week and we got it today, which it's not technically a Friday, mm-hmm. so um, I'm also feeling a little under the weather, so we're just all over the place here, but um, it's, I mean, I'm excited, it just doesn't feel like a Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I usually go and get my $5 Friday at Smoothie King, and uh, but recently I feel like they only have certain things on the menu that are actually $5, because every time I go to the menu, they're like, oh, that's $7, and I'm like, well, I already ordered it, so here we are. <laughs> Um, but a very exciting show today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Saints, but we're mostly going to get into Pelicans since they play on Sunday, and we'll let Daniel Salerson take over the Monday show with the Saints preview of the Carolina Panthers. Hopefully he can handle the reins on Monday. Uh, not likely, but we'll see. Um, but we'll talk more about the Pelicans with uh, Kristen Ledlow later today on the show. But first, we need to get into our segments that we introduced next week, or last week, excuse me, um, Ashley, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of this week when we were talking about the show, and you told me that you have an exciting gold star. And like you said, I may have built it up a little bit more in my head, but I did want to be surprised to add some shock value to this. So I will let you go ahead. Who is your gold star of the week? I don't know if it's who, but more of a collective who. Hmm. Uh, you know, unfortunately, our producer, Daniel Sellerson, thought it might be him. <laughs> Maybe next week, Daniel, with your uh, fireside chats, one of my favorite <laughs> things you bring to the table, you and Jim Eichenhofer, shout out to him. But I will say, okay, so my gold star, and the reason I was just thinking about it, and I was like, you know, like, who should be a gold star? And obvi- obvious names that come to mind, Taysom Hill. You know, cool. Thanks for stealing mine. And uh, there it is. <laughs> but but no, what I'm saying is my gold star is actually we we spend so much time on this show recognizing the Saints' offensive stars and the Saints' defensive stars. So my gold star is the Saints' special teams. Yeah, there you and go. And you might Snap be like wax. Ashley, why why would you say this collective group? Well, first off, there's so much lost yardage that is made up in special teams, and so when you're looking at it. Thomas Morstead is the highest rated punter. He's actually tied with the Carolina punter Mm -hmm. with a rating of um, 78.0. He has had 31 punts this season. Fun fact, on the other side of the ball, Drew Brees has had 31 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So an interesting fact there, I actually looked back in the stats books to see when the last time a quarterback threw for more or had more touchdowns, collective touchdowns, excuse me, um, than a punter had kicked the ball. And that was in 2007. Tom Brady actually threw for 50 or had 50 touchdowns and their punter only had 44. So that's kind of just an interesting thing that you don't see a lot. And having a punter like Thomas Morstead, who's averaging 47.65 47.65 average uh, yards per uh, punt and has only punted the ball 31 times. That's something that has been a huge factor for the Saints. I mean, the way he can kick the ball and just put him in different corners. I mean, you know, he's the leg. That's what you expect from him. One of the best punters in the league. But then you also have to look at Will Lutz, who knock on wood is basically automatic. 25 for 26. He's only missed, I believe, came in the Cleveland Browns game this season. And 
you know, that's just something that I feel like as an average fan, you take for granted the special teams and just special teams plays. And when you can have not only a great offense, a great defense, but you can be executing on special teams, that is going to make you such a difficult team to beat. Because if you, you know, your offense is going three and out or you maybe uh, don't uh, go down and score and you have to punt the ball and give it back and you're putting teams in these areas where, A, you might even block the punt with what we saw last week with Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, who literally turned the game around and shifted the momentum for the New Orleans Saints, but you are putting them in an in a position that makes the offense have to work. And so I think overall, because we haven't given them a lot of love on this show, my gold star is Saints special teams. I will say, though, for the fans out there that are like, well, Ashley, what about our punt returns? You know, that is one area that perhaps we could <laughs> improve on. Um, you know, maybe well, that Ashley. one annoying one annoying fan. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think from a punt return and kickoff return, we could improve in that area. But for the most part, um, I'm going to give five gold stars to our special teams. Well, good. Well, my, my gold star was Taysom Hill, so you just you know stole the show with that one. I'm glad we, we did a little surprise drop-in <laughs> because you know you had all your information ready to go. I had all those stats, too, just so everyone knows. <laughs> but uh, Ashley stole the show on that one. No, I'm just kidding. But um, you know I absolutely agree with that. Um, on the Pelican side, my gold star would have to go to Anthony Davis. Um, it was Julius Randle last week for me. I still would think that he has uh, the gold star maybe again this week. He's been pretty good consistently for us. But Anthony Davis, you have to highlight him this week because against the Thunder, he had a, his season high, 44 points, 18 rebounds. And he's shooting 50% from the field and 82% on the free throw line. So he's doing pretty well for us. Um, you know, would like to see more consistency from the Pelicans. I know we're on this kind of seesaw of a season, win-loss, win-loss, but – uh, I think they're going to turn it around here soon. You know, Caroline, I'm going to have to disagree with your gold star, <laughs> okay. actually. I don't okay. think that your gold, the gold star should go to Anthony Davis. Okay. I think it should go to Drew Holiday. Okay. Drew Holiday, what has he not done? Mm -hmm. Okay, if we just take away the last three minutes of a game. I wish you could show Ashley's face right now because she just got heated. But, I mean, Drew is consistency. Mm -hmm. He's the consistency you need. You've got him. He's one of the best offensive players. He's one of the best defensive players. He hasn't missed a game. Mm -hmm. You look at the type of points he's putting up against teams and how he is shutting guys down Absolutely. on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. I think if you're looking at the Pelicans right now, and I will even challenge that Drew Holiday might be the MVP of our team right now. And I mean, you know, I, obviously Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. And mm -hmm. it was funny. I saw on his Instagram, he put on his Insta story and he wanted people to vote on if Tim Frazier's pass to him before that dunk, if the pass was better mm -hmm. or the dunk was better. And I voted on Tim Frazier's pass. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we see so much amazing things and so many amazing dunks and so much excellence from him day in and day out. You kind of become like numb to yeah. the fact that he is one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. But I will say from the standpoint of consistency, which we have been lacking as a team. Mm -hmm. One player you can almost count on day in, day out is Drew Holiday. Absolutely. And it was funny when I was writing this down for Anthony Davis, it was like 44 points. And I was like, 44 points is great for a season high, but it almost seems regular for AD and almost not that impressive because we've seen him get, you know, upper 40s, 50s, things like that. And so it's kind of just, as you said, regular for Anthony Davis. But I absolutely agree with Drew Holiday. We saw um, or we spoke about it last week, how he's just shutting the opposing team's star player down. And we kind of saw that a little bit this week with Oklahoma City Thunder. So hopefully we'll see that 
moving forward for Drew Holiday. I think once this team gets Alfred Payton back, mm. we are going to be talking Dangerous. about a completely different team. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about – I mean, 4-0. I mean, we, we, was anybody expecting that team from the Pelicans in the beginning of the season? Absolutely not. No. Nope. And I – I think you're right. I think when they get Drew Holiday back, when they get Etwan Moore healthy and Nikola Mirotic, I think he's still struggling a little bit from that um, food poisoning. I know he lost some weight on that, so that's very difficult to come back to. So I think we're going to see a very strong Pelicans team. Um, if you don't mind, can we move on to Community Spotlight? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's gone on her uh, gold star tangent for the morning. But uh, moving on to Community Spotlight, did you see the pictures on Pel? I tweeted about it. Did you see the pictures on Pelicans.com of Pelicans.com of Alvin Gentry um, at the Chevron Boys and Girls Club event? You know, Caroline. Once again, though, that picture didn't surprise me. I did see the picture. I did retweet your tweet because I totally agreed with everything about you saying my coach is better than mm-hmm. your coach or whatnot. Um, Alvin Gentry, that's just the kind of guy he is. Well, we know that, but yes. other people don't always know that. They see the coach who's on the court, but sometimes who people who don't look at all of our content. Well, fans, right now, we are here to tell you that Alvin Gentry <laughs> is the most amazing guy there ever is. And I will say, I mean, ever is, that's, I guess, a broad <laughs> statement. We do have a lot of great guys in this building, you know, Drew Brees, Coach mm. Payton, all those people. But um, I will say that one thing about Coach Gentry is that he always takes the time to get to know people around him. It doesn't matter if you are the highest paid person or the lowest paid person or just a fan on the street. He always takes the time to stop and talk. And he has such a good outlook on life and realizing that this is ultimately a game and how can we use this platform to better, better people around us. And so I felt like those pictures of him hugging those kids, like that's not just fake for the camera. Yep, yep. That's him. Mm-hmm. Like he loves doing that kind of thing. And I think, you know, he is such an uh, underrated asset to our community out here. I think that there's some fans that truly don't know how just amazing he is and how good of a person he is and giving back to the community and just how he is, I mean, when the cameras aren't on too. You know, he's just like that. He's asking how your day is. He always wants to know how the, your family is. And, you know, even when he might be coming off a tough loss or whatever. He always makes the time to still greet and just be a normal human, you know, which is not expected all the time from a NBA, you know, coach. And that's kind of my point. It it was like, you, you don't really see too often coaches of the teams going to do community things. Sometimes you'll see, you know, players and, and, um, you know, kind of lower-level players on the team, still mm-hmm. impor- important players, obviously, but at these community events, and now you see Alvin Gentry, and like you said, he was just being authentically himself. He was interacting with everyone. He was he was doing everything. So, go ahead. No, I was going to say, this was, it was a Boys and Girls Club event mm-hmm. as well, right? And, yes, yeah, so Coach Gentry is very close to the Boys and Girls Club because he actually was a part of the Boys and Girls Club growing up. Um, I actually had the privilege of covering – a Boys and Girls Award event that was here a couple years ago in New Orleans where he was a recipient of a Boys and Girls Club Award um, because he grew up at, uh, going to Boys and Girls Clubs and uh, credits a lot of uh, what they did for him to um, his ultimate success. So I think that's also something that's very important to him because he knows, especially coming from that background, what it meant to him for people to come out and give their time. I did not know that at all. That's really cool. Those 
those aftercare programs are definitely a huge asset to um, parents and, and students, obviously. Uh, did you have a community spotlight, or should we just go ahead and hand the trophy to Alvin Gentry? Oh, well, I mean, I think Coach Gentry might take the cake. I don't know, actually. There's a, some competition. And I mean, it's holiday season, if, so if we have a lot of staying, events going if, Are on. we just staying on the Pelican side? Because I've got some Saints competition. Go for it. Um, well, no, I've, I've got, got some Pelicans. For I've got some Pe Pelicans competition, too. I mean, you have to look at Ben Watson's event mm. on Monday uh, where, uh, I mean, everyone was there. Miss Benson was there. You know, Drew Brees was there and giving back to the kids and um, the, or to the families and their shopping sprees. But then you also have to look at uh, yesterday's event with Anthony Davis and the 200 kids he provided or 100 kids, 100, yeah. 100 kids he provided $200 for mm -hmm. to go on a shopping spree for them. And I mean, you look at those pictures and those warm your heart. AD with kids is my favorite AD. Mm -hmm. He is that is honestly one of my favorite environments to see him in because I honestly believe he's still kind of a kid himself. And like we, when we were in China watching him play with those kids and like um, play checkers and um, what's that game where you drop the, the, Oh, four square. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, uh, four, connect, connect four, four. connect yeah, four. Yes. And seeing him play four. that and getting mad when he's losing or playing ping pong, um, you know, just throughout the years, I've gotten to witness him in those environments a lot. And, um, whether it was the aquarium and playing with the penguins or whatnot. But I love, like, that is one of my favorite Anthony Davises to see is when there's kids involved because he just has the biggest heart when it comes to that. Well, another event that um, I'm sure you saw on the Saints side was, it wasn't a community event, but it was kind of just a holiday event where all the players, or a lot of the players with families and kids went on the Polar Express, which was so cool because it's Honestly, one of my, I was my so favorites. jealous of that. I was I like, where's tickets. the Polar Express? Yep. I was like, I didn't even know we had this. I, I want to go. And they were all sold out except for at like 10 a.m. And I was like, do you think our boss would let us go off to the Polar Express <laughs> at 10 a.m.? Hey, Doug, do I this, be this goes out to you. Um, can we get off to go ride the Polar Express? <laughs> exactly. So I thought it was really cool you saw uh, Craig Robertson Jermon Bushrod I think Chris Banjo was there Cam Jordan um, uh, Benjamin Watson was there with his kids just a lot of the players they took a big group photo and it was awesome because you saw the Saints players in onesies and pajamas with their kids <laughs> and wives and it was it was cool because they were just you know they were just people and they were on the Polar Express so I, cool. I, I honestly think you have to be heartless to not love this team mm -hmm. you know when you look at the Saints side the I was talking to one of our coworkers about this and I was like you know the magic of this year is just so cool and whatever the outcome is just to say we've been a part of it in any way is it's been such a fun ride and hopefully this ride continues and we you know keep going but you know one game at a time is the m mantra here and I firmly believe that but it's just sometimes you have to sit back and be like wow this is cool a little holiday magic a little holiday magic little, little yeah magic. so let's go on to our, our next segment <clears throat> excuse me before uh, we have her on the show, I think she has to be our Superwoman of the Week, Kristen Ledlow mm -hmm. from uh, TNT NBA TV reporter. Um, she got married on December 6th. It is now December 14th. And she is already back working in the studio on the job. I'm not sure what day she started working again, but that's <laughs> in this business probably December seventh, <laughs> right? Probably the next day. I mean, was you, there? Uh, can we look at what NBA games were playing? Did TNT cover Daniel? <laughs> Yeah, she worked for last sure. night. Um, yeah, so when you talk about what goes into just planning a wedding, and then you talk about the emotions that go into having a wedding, and then you're back on your job the next day or however many days after this soon, that that's insane. No, she. I mean, I'm really excited to talk to her today and um, kind of get her insight and just kind of hear about who she is because obviously we see her on TV and 
doing all these great things and um I'm excited to get to know her the person behind the Instagram behind the camera or behind the in front of the camera I don't know <laughs> I guess she's in front of the camera but behind that get, yeah. get to know her <laughs> speaking of our super woman of the week we now welcome on TNT NBA TV reporter Kristen Ledlow Kristen how are you doing today uh, okay, to be named Superwoman of anything is awesome, <laughs> and to be on an all-girls NBA podcast, I think, is more awesome than that, so thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. We, we're so excited just to have you on. So, Kristen, how long ago did you get married? I know it was uh, <laughs> it was December 6th, so what, what that makes it like a week ago yeah. now. I mean, that's right, insane, yeah. right in the heart of NBA I season. Don't... It is the heart of NBA season, and a huge thanks to the amazing people at TNT and NBA TV who let me have a week off in the heart of NBA season. Um, but yeah, it was all of one week ago, depending on when somebody's listening to this podcast, maybe seven days or eight or nine days, but either way, it's very new. <laughs> Are y'all going on a honeymoon, like in the off season? Is that even in the in the yeah. works yet? Or no? Yeah, it's in the works. For the off season, I'm thankful for my job, and thus I'm not going to get too greedy with the time off. Yeah, <laughs> so honeymoon will come in the off season. Yes. Well, speaking of your job, kind of just talk to us a little bit about, especially women in sports. Kind of where how you got here, uh, where you are today. Oh yeah, um, goodness. I mean, I guess the the very short version of what has felt like a pretty long story is, um, you know, I started playing basketball when I was very little. Uh, I, I played in college and started majoring in broadcast and worked locally uh, in my hometown in Tallahassee to start my career and moved to Atlanta for an opportunity shortly after that. Um, and one of my coworkers at the time at the radio station I was working at was also working as a host on NBA TV and told me that the network was planning on bringing inside stuff back and that Grant Hill had signed on as a host. And I'm like, you've got to help me get an audition for that. Uh, mainly because I wanted to meet Grant Hill, not because I <laughs> thought it would actually be my job or that I would be here now six years later talking to you guys about it. Um, but that's sort of how it all began. Um, and as far as being a woman in sports goes, I say this often, maybe more often than I should, or maybe not often enough, but it's such an exciting time to be a woman in and around the NBA because when I was little, I started playing this game when I was eight, and there weren't many, if any, to look up to and say, hey, that's exactly what I want to be doing one day. But now, if you're a little girl who falls in love with the game of basketball, you can go to a game and see, okay, so I can be a sideline reporter, I can be a referee, I can be a coach, an assistant coach now, a head coach soon, I can be a play-by-play -play broadcaster, I can be an analyst, I can... There's so many opportunities now to be in and around the game, and there is still a long way to go, but mm -hmm. it's such an incredible time, I think, being part of this first wave of women who are making a mark in the NBA. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Kristen, I'm 23, and so much like you, I played basketball from a very young age, and it was never in my mind that being a reporter or doing really anything having to do with sports was out of the realm of possibility. You know, I, like you yeah. said, you kind of grow up with people like Doris Burke, you know, and you have so many, so many inspirations just on the TV. And it was never really in that, um, that the thought in my mind that that wouldn't be able, yeah. that I wouldn't be able to do something like that. 
I love that. And you're, you're 23, you know, yep. which is still a baby, you know, but, but so, so I'm, you know, seven years older than you are, which means, okay, that's less than a 10 year gap that mm-hmm. so much progress has been made. Now think about the girls who are even younger than you are and who are maybe 13 and, and mm-hmm. thinking maybe when they're 23, they want to do what you're doing. And now because of what you're doing, they know that that's a possibility. And like you said, you didn't grow up thinking that it was out of the realm of the possibility to do what you're doing. And I love that that's becoming a reality for so many now that it's not something you think, it's not a, it's not a, a, a trail that you think about placing or, or being the first or being the only. It's just, no, hey, now this is something that I can do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a regular thing that I can do. It's still extraordinary, but, but it's becoming more and more regular and, and, and or commonplace because I don't want to call it regular because it's not regular. It's yeah. still extraordinary, but it's, it's commonplace. And, and that's such a, a special thing. Absolutely. You were talking about uh, Grant Hill and how you heard about him being on the show and you were like, well, I want to meet him. But now that's just very common. You're meeting so many cool people, or at least they're still like cool and super Grant's heroes. Grant's not that to cool. Me. <laughs> he's going to hear it. He'll probably listen to this and be like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> not that cool of a guy. All right. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Grant Hill, not that cool. Um, <laughs> not that cool. Put that in direct quotes, please. Yeah. Cut that from the podcast. Make that the thing that you promote on the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, Kristen, who is, I guess you could say, the coolest person or the, the the most interesting person that you've met so far in your career? Does it have to be in relate NBA related? No, no, I not at all. Timberlake? Not at all. Okay. Then Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's pretty, that's a good one. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my best one. I, I, I don't have one to top that. Okay. To be fair, LeBron is also very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steph Curry is also very cool. Um, I, I, I mean, all of the, the guys and I, and I hate to say it because it almost sounds like a uh, a, a marketing stunt for the NBA, but it, it's not. I, I'm saying this truly out of the experience of spending all of my time with these men. I could not ask for a better group of men to spend my time with, or for a better group of men to be the faces of the league that I'm proud to represent. Uh, Guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry obviously come to the forefront of my mind because they're the superstars Mm -hmm. of of, of the the league. But it really is just such a gift to be able to work around so many, not just unbelievably talented men, but forward-thinking who have always not just accepted me as part of what it is that they've got to do, but but, but truly embraced me as one of their team members. Um, it's how I've, uh, how I've always felt at the network that I work at. I mean, you know, Charles and Kenny and Shaq and Ernie, they're all very cool also, mm-hmm. you know, and, and goodness, I shouldn't have started naming names. Now I feel like I'm going to miss people and it's like a shout out thing and I'm going to miss them and Isaiah's awesome and, and Mikhail's awesome. But, but, but truly it's, it's really a gift to be able to work alongside the men that I get to work alongside um, because they are uh, the forefront of not just basketball culture, but because the NBA has taken its place in pop culture, they're the forefront of, of the way that our culture is moving and thinking. And, and it's such a gift to be able to, to, to work alongside these men who are working so hard to be sure that we are regularly embraced as teammates, to be sure that we are, um, you know, paving a path for the ones that are behind us. And, and I mean, goodness, I could go on and on and on, but now that I started naming names, I feel like I should just stop. <laughs> it's the Oscars. They're rolling the ticker. Your, yeah, your time's I know, up. <laughs> man, the music started and I forgot 
you know, your parents. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. I wanted my parents. Probably. I should mention that. No. So you talk about cool guys and superstars. We have a couple down here uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. One that comes to mind, Anthony Davis. Uh, What is your thoughts on him and his performance thus far this season for the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah. Well, so just this season, um, he's been, I mean, he's spectacular. That's the reality of the talent that he has, the the God-given talent that he has, and then the skill that he's developed in the, how many seasons has he been in the league now? What, seven? Yeah, seven. Or so? Yep. Yeah, okay, that was was top of the the dome guess, but I knew it was right around this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so it's really, really, he is a spectacular talent. But I love what he said right before this season, that he's tired of being left out of the conversation of the greatest in the game, that he deserves now to be in the conversation alongside Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And, you know, we're, we're kind of inserting other guys into that conversation now. Does Jonathan Hedekopo deserve to be there? Does Joel Embiid deserve to be there? But Anthony Davis, without a doubt, deserves to be there. So what he's accomplished as an individual is, I may have overused the word spectacular at this point, um, but I'm interested to see what he decides to do moving forward, you know, because he also was abundantly clear that if this is not a place, if this is not a team that he can win with moving forward, that he will find a situation where he can. And so, you know, sitting outside of the playoff picture in the Western Conference, I'm interested to see if he's able to help carry that team into not only the playoff picture, but a playoff run, or if he starts to look elsewhere. And of course, I'm realizing now that this is a Pelicans audience and I don't want to say those things and get everybody worried because I think that he's more than capable. Um, But I I think that one of the things that will help solidify his status as not just a superstar, because he is a bona fide superstar, but one of the greatest in this game, in this league, is, is whether or not he can take that team along with him you know, through a, a playoff run in the Western Conference, the way that we've watched LeBron James do so many times. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I mean, a, a great start to the season, but overall a, a, a stunning start to a career. And I think that we're just now seeing um, really good in him, in him start to tap into what he's actually capable of. I want to jump back a little bit and see a broader view. Like you mentioned, the Western Conference, um, kind of a, a radical question here, but if the if the um, NBA season were to end at the new year, let's say, where do you who on the Western Conference do you think would make the playoffs? If it were to end at the new what, year, like at the end of this month, yes. Yeah. Uh, or where where do you, do you think the Pelicans would be able to jump into the picture, being one game out of the eighth seed? Okay, yes. Yeah, because they're sitting, they're only sitting uh, not just a game out of the playoff picture, um, but the, the teams that are ahead of them are only a half game you know, ahead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do think that the Pelicans, if the playoffs were to end or to start you know, January 1st, then I do think that they would be inside that picture. I think that there are probably a few teams that are currently inside the picture that won't be uh, long-term. Really? I, I, I don't know that the Sacramento Kings will be able to sustain through 82 games. I don't know that the Dallas Mavericks will be able to sustain through 82 games. I don't even know that the Memphis Grizzlies, as great as they have been to start this season, will be in that picture long-term. Um, so I, I do think that the Pelicans would be in that picture if it were to, you know, if they were to just have a few more games to, to decide. I mean, if we're facing it on what they did to the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, then, 
<laughs> then, then yeah, I would think that they're ready. Um, but I do think just long term, also, if we're looking at when the playoffs actually do start, I do think that the Pelicans are a playoff worthy team. Kristen, something that's kind of been on our radar, especially with the the Pelicans playing the Heat this Sunday in the Smoothie King Center, we're going to see Dwayne Wade for the last time in oh. the Smoothie King Center doing his his hashtag The Last Dance. Um, and to kind of put things into perspective, Anthony Davis was 10 years old when Wade got drafted to the Heat, which is just insane to think oh. about. Um, but I kind of wanted to ask your perspective. Do you have a, a favorite memory from Wade's career? Oh, wow. Um, wait, what year was that? Oh, three. So I was, uh, I was definitely in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was in 10th grade. Yeah, we were all young. We were all young. Wade. Yeah. The, well, so either way, I, I say that only to give kind of the perspective that it's not just that I've gotten to cover these last six years of Dwayne's career, because I have gotten to, and, and I, I do have some great memories of covering his career. But I, I want to give you perspective in that I was a high schooler when he became a superstar. And so I've also looked up to him for a very long time. I've looked at him as one of the kind of gasp-worthy superstars that I was still really excited to meet when I, when I started working in the league. You know, there are some younger guys now that they come along and they're developing into superstars, but I don't feel starstruck by a 19-year-old kid who just got drafted. That kid may grow up and be one of the greatest of all time, but, but that doesn't really tend to do anything for me. Meeting guys like Dwayne Wade, like LeBron James, like Chris Paul, like Carmelo Anthony, those were the guys that when I started working in the league, I was, I, I was starstruck by. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite Dwayne memory. I know it's hard. Uh, well, I put you, know, you on the spot. As, as a professional, yeah, there's a, there's a lot. But as a professional, um, I have a handful of favorite Dwayne memories because he and I have done a lot of fun shoots together for inside stuff. Hmm. Um, as a player, I think what will stand out to me about not just Dwayne's career because he obviously has had a Hall of Fame career hmm. as you know a perennial All Star and, and, and a multi-time champion, gold medalist. I mean, you know, it's it's obvious that he's a Hall of Famer, but I think what's going to stand out to me is um, what he did to make the Miami Heat work, uh, what Mm -hmm. he did to make the relationship with LeBron James work, um, his willingness to hand over not just a team that was identified as his, but a city that, that loved and respected him as much as Miami did and does to say, hey, this is the guy who's going to bring us the next one. And this is the guy who's going to bring us the next two. And, and he so willingly took what looked like a backseat at the time in order to watch someone else step into the height of his greatness. And I think that you can't tell the LeBron James story without telling the Dwayne Wade story. And that, to me, is what's going to stand out about who Dwayne is and, and what Dwayne's career is defined by. Kristen, we've talked a lot about LeBron James, uh, Dwayne Wade. We know upcoming, uh, they announced that there will be a Space Jam 2. Um, we know that that's one of your favorites, uh, or yes. so we hear. Any luck on making an appearance in the movie? Okay, so <laughs> there's no official word yet. But I have told LeBron probably 278 times that I'd like to be part of it. So <laughs> as soon as I get the call, I'll let you guys know. Um I feel like I'm making headway. 
There's no real way of knowing, but I do feel like I'm making. Ideally, do you play yourself in the movie? I, so, okay, I've thought about that a lot. Honestly, just being part of it for me would be enough. So, you know, people have asked, oh, would you want to voice Lola Bunny or would you want to play yourself as a reporter? I would be actually fine just sitting in the arena of the game against the Monstars and they just like flash by and it's me and I'm like cheering and, and, and spill my popcorn or whatever. You know, like I'm fine with that also. No, I, I feel like I can't get too picky when I'm <laughs> making this request. That's awesome. Well, if you do hear from from the organization, I expect you to call us so we can break the news on the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. You guys, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> okay, awesome. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. What's next on your on your NBA trip? Oh, thank you guys for having me. But uh, truly, um, before I even get into that and what's next, I I want say that what you guys are doing is a really special thing. Um, it's a unique thing. It's a rare thing. And my excitement comes in knowing that it won't be a rare thing for long because young women like you have chosen to do what it is that you're doing. So I appreciate you not only having me on, but for committing to excellence in your craft the way that you are. Um, and speaking of Dwayne Wade, you asked me what's next. I am in Miami this coming week uh, for one more of Dwayne's One Last Dances. Uh, and it'll be against the Houston Rockets. So that's what's next. Well, that's awesome. Well, tell him we said hi. I think he knows us. <laughs> I will. Yes. <laughs> Ashley and Caroline say hi. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. You are welcome so, so much. Thank you for having me. Fun interview with Kristen Ludlow. Ashley, we have a busy... I don't want to say weekend because we do kind of get Saturday off. So, you know, party hard tonight and then, you know, rest easy on Saturday. No, no, don't party hard, but you can raise the roof every once in a while as Daniel, our producer is doing. Um, and Shek Diallo. He yeah, also loves to raise the roof. He does. That is his go-to dance move as it is mine. When I go out, I just stand awkwardly in the corner and raise the roof while people look at me. A little Wakanda forever as well. Mm, yeah. I don't know if I can pull that one off as well, but I'll, I'll try it this weekend. But we do have a Pelicans game on Sunday that we will both be at for the last dance, and it'll be the Pelicans uh, against the Miami Heat. Hopefully we can get a back-to-back -back victory, which the Pelicans desperately Much needed. need. Um, they'll, they'll have a few days off. Um, I think they had yesterday off, and they had today off, so probably back in the facility tomorrow, and then they'll play uh, the Heat on Sunday, which we'll both be there. So if any of the guests are listening, just shout our names out and – We'll give you a nice little smile and finger guns. Uh, at least I will. I don't know about Ashley. <laughs> no comment. I don't know. <laughs> and then we'll go on Monday. Uh, the New Orleans Saints will take on the Carolina Panthers. Monday night football action. I can't believe we're already in week 15. I feel like the season just flew by. Uh, it flew by, but I'm kind of ready for these three weeks to kind of fly by. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. A lot of nerves, just ready to get done and get to the next step. Absolutely. Phase two, I believe, as John DeShazer called it. Yep. Well, we, you can watch the Saints game on ESPN, but before that, you can watch the Pelicans game on Sunday at 6 p.m. against the Miami Heat on Fox Sports New Orleans. You can also listen in to WRNO 99.5 FM. Sean Kelly will have the call along with Daniel Salerson and 
I will try to do sideline and do it justice, and it'll it'll all be great. So we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you at the game on Sunday in the Smoothie King Center. You don't have anything to do on a Sunday night at 6 p.m. I know you don't, so make sure you head on out to the Smoothie King Center and then find a nice spot on the couch for the Monday night football game. Ashley, another fun show in the books. It was a great one. And I think next time I'll be tuning in from somewhere in the West Coast, whether we'll be traveling, so Milwaukee, and then we head out to L.A. So I believe I'll be on the, the sunny coast and beaches of L.A., downtown L.A. I don't think as many sunny beaches or coasts, but around um, L.A. Live. So, yes, I'll be tuning in some, somewhere around there. Well, I'll be coming to you from the bayou of New Orleans, so that'll be great. And then the next day I go on vacation, so I am looking forward to that. But uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, thank you for joining us on today's show. It was fun as always. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for stopping by.